Watch who? Welcome to the Two Watch Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I am new to Who. Yep, watching for the very first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all new to me. <laughs> We're still recording in lockdown, just a quick update. Um, but I, I 100% by the time you hear this, it we will be out of lockdown. I said it a few episodes back, like I think we'll be out, but we're different in Wales, aren't we? So in Wales, we are a little bit behind, but I think by the time this comes out in Wales, I might actually be able to sit in your house and record together again. Yeah, I, I'm thinking season two is our lockdown season. <laughs> That's what it can be known as forever, the lockdown season. So yeah, so we're recording a lockdown. So one of the things, so I've been doing a couple of um, Doctor Who quizzes online there's quite a few going around and there's one called the quiz of Rassilon which is quite a well-known one well it was a real sort of quiz that was in Cardiff that I went to years and years ago and they've moved to London now Uh, and then obviously with all the lockdown and everything they do them online they say beforehand kind of what the rounds are going to be and one of them so we just we just recorded the chase episode where we sadly lost Ian and Barbara as regular characters and I saw that one of the rounds was an Ian and Barbara round. So I was like, this is perfect. Sarah can come and help me do the Ian and Barbara round on this quiz. I mean, so I do want to apologise, though, because it was like one round out of like six that you actually knew anything about. And also, it was about three hours before we actually got round to the Ian and Barbara quiz. I think we did all right, though. I think, yeah, I think we did, yeah. I thought I thought it'd be fun, and it's your first sort of fan um, fan event, as it were. Even though it was online, it made me realise how much I knew about Ian and Barbara. Though, granted, we had just watched that. Like, I don't know how much of that I'd have remembered in like a year when Ian and Barbara have been. That's the other thing as well, because one of the questions in the Ian and Barbara was based on the spin-off. And you were like, oh, and I was like, the only reason I knew it is because my mum had been reading out some Wikipedia to me. And I was like, I can answer this. <laughs> but like, it had been on what we'd seen. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm really sorry that you had to sit through like all these other stories. I don't think you picked up any spoilers, though. <laughs> in fact, I'm not sure how much you were paying attention. I had no idea what was going on. Um I said to you at the end, you also told me, I was like, yeah, it's been three hours. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I didn't realise it would go on that long because there were sort of breaks and stuff. And I, I mean, they were getting to the, the final rounds, weren't they? You were sort of done after the Ian and Barbara round and were like, let's just go. And we weren't like anywhere in the leaderboard, but they were working out something. They didn't actually announce the winners. But because it was so long, my laptop overheated and everything froze. So I had to leave early, <laughs> like luckily, just as they were announcing it. Maybe if they do just a first Doctor only quiz or something, maybe you could do that. You need to know a little bit more, though, to actually take part, I think. We've done not even two series. I mean, now at least we can say I've done two series. Maybe I'll do the next quiz on my own. Or <laughs> if anyone's out there and wants to join us on the quiz... Let us know. We'll put a team together. (laughs) If we'd have gone anywhere on that board, it was because of you. It was just, Mark, we were were a team that was just you. (laughs) 
and I was like twiddling my thumb. Like, and that was as well. You were like, okay, just one minute, put in the answers, and you're like, okay, so, and I was like, yeah, so I've done this today, and uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like back in next round, okay, wait, it was just you. It was just all you. So well done, Mark. Well, you did help where you could. There was that one about who was the first historical figure or something. And we were trying to work out. I mean, it wasn't even Marco Polo. It was like some name on the background on the chalkboard in Unearthly Child or something, which was a bit... We were trying to think a little bit outside the box. So I was like, mm, well, that would be the obvious. So let's think not obvious. And so, yeah, some of that. I don't think we got that many right there still, but we did... Well, I could help a little, but... Yeah, well, that was fun. It was fun to give it a try anyway. It, yeah, I can say now that um, I have done some Doctor Who quiz and we went to the Doctor Who experience. Oh, yes. Yeah, I knew there was something else. So we went, had a bit of a walk down the bay. Like that, for people to... That photo was the end of a five and a half hour walk in like 26 degrees sun. We'd been like unintentionally walking over rocks and what did we miss that what was it that was a eating a pigeon so basically we walked to panath from cardiff bay and i'd never been to panath before and obviously when you walk to panath you've got to go and visit sarah jane's house location so we we found that after a few hours but yeah we walked while we were on the way there was i don't know some guy was saying get out the way can you not walk around this way? There's a peregrine falcon eating a pigeon that he was filming or something. That happened. And I thought that we were going a quicker way and we were we were just climbing over a lot of rocks. So Oh well actually there there we go. So that is the thing. It's your first because I've talked about locations on here quite a lot. This was your first experience of going to a location and having your photo taken just outside someone's house. I felt so wrong. Well, you're only on the street. It's not like we chose to break in or anything. I just, I don't know. I felt like I was invading their privacy. Oh, they, they, loads of people have their photo taken outside the house. So many people must do it. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, so we did that. That's a nicer picture. That is like, you can see that one because that's also on our Twitter. And that was like two hours into our five and a half hour trip. And then the Doctor Who one is literally the five and a half hours later to i think we'd only had one ice cream at that point we then sat and had another one we've done quite a few doctor who things we've had a few experiences instead so last time we um it was the chase we watched which was one of my favorite stories and it was a a big story because we did lose ian and barbara like i said so now we are on to the time meddler the very last story of this series things have changed so much if you remember like planet of the giants seems such a long time ago and the first thing i want to sort of address is in the chase at the end of the chase you said oh i wish Stephen had stayed on he would have been really good you were sort of a bit sad that we didn't see any more of Stephen, and i was like i don't want to say anything i'm not going to say anything that's part of the excitement of doing this is because you don't know who's going to stay on and not. And I didn't say because I just wanted... That's why I was really excited about watching this one because I just wanted to see like your reaction when you find out that actually Stephen is now the, a new regular. This isn't an ordinary ship, you know. This is a time machine. Time machine? This ship may have a way out design, but time machines, that's ridiculous. Doctor, hmm? he says the TARDIS isn't a time machine. Oh, does he now? Tell him. Hmm. 
I don't see why I should, my child. You'll learn soon enough. At this point, though, he feels more like um, a side character. You know, like when they're on their adventures and he's like an accompanying at this point. They're like, the whole point of this story is he doesn't believe them and therefore they're just like showing him what's going on. So at this point, it doesn't feel like he's part of their journey yet. Before Stephen, in the like, he was a lot more like, oh, you know, when you can't get out. I don't know. I, I don't know. They're two very different things. Um, in there, he knew that world. He knew everything about that world in there because they'd entered to his world, you know. Um, whereas this, he's now in their world and they've got the control. So he's almost a side character in this. So it'll change, of course. I mean, like, but right now, I mean, that's how he's there. And I don't really have, he, he did annoy me a bit. Okay. Well, when we go through the the characters, when well, we, we have plenty, now we're going to have regular Stephen talk. Sorry, just going back with Ian and Barbara. I don't feel that I've really had chance to mourn their loss yet. <laughs> it feels very different to when Susan went. I think it's a little bit similar because you've got that beginning of the story again where the Doctor feel, is feeling sad. He thinks Vicky might want to go. He's feeling sort of, you see a very vulnerable Doctor at the beginning because he's, Ian and Barbara have been such a huge part of the series up till now. Um, and that's probably William Hartnell as well feeling that. And um, it's nice that there is that little breather, like the beginning of the rescue where the Doctor was sort of missing Susan. Again, you've got that tiny, just that tiny little bit before everything starts going off again, of just to sort of sit down and he has a little that little chat with Vicky's really nice. He's grandfatherly again to her, just before Stephen bursts through the door. I don't know how he got aboard the TARDIS, but um, it's a nice way of doing that because he could have just well actually I'm not, he couldn't have sort of had that at the end of the chase because you're concentrating on Ian and Barbara leaving. Until we get onto the next story, he don't, he yeah he won't feel like a proper regular just yet. Um, but I don't know. I I'm I was excited because I'm and you said this that you wouldn't do this, but I think we're going to start. We're going to have to have a little bit of comparison with Stephen and Ian. Not yet. Though. We'll see if Stephen takes that fighting action place. He just naturally will. So just the story generally. Then I was excited as well for you to see this because. It's a slightly different type of story. It's historical. Mm. It's got this sort of sci-fi element now, which we've not had before. It's not your Marco Polo Aztecs historical. It's carried on that Roman sort of comedy, but it's it's a very interesting mixture. It's a very different type of historical, which I was hoping that you would enjoy. Yeah, it was the first hybrid that we've had it's um saxons and vikings is the sort of is you know this week's school subject it, again it didn't have the history lesson necessarily like the romans didn't have its its history lesson i mean there's no barbara to give a history lesson <laughs> to begin with um but i if we're just talking about the subject i don't really know much about the saxons and vikings that that's not a school subject that i would have done i don't know the historical context of all of that it's the the monk character and this sort of somebody from the doctor's race, possibly. This is the first ever time that that's been mentioned. You know, there's no, there hasn't been any of that background. So it's it's a very important story 
in terms of the history of Doctor Who, because suddenly they've decided, you know, the monk, he's got a TARDIS. I mean, when you were watching it, were you thinking, oh, here we go, historical, it's going to be about the Vikings this week? What, at what point did you realise that there was something else going on? I did think initially it's a historical one, obviously. I think you just do. And I thought it was going to be Stephen just... I feel like we should call him Steve because he calls the Doctor Doc. Steve-o. I thought it was just going to be him just being again... Not in the same way that Ian didn't believe everything. I thought it was just going to be a whole episode of him being like, but none of this is true. Ooh, this can't be right. And trying to then trying to convince him of it, and I can't think at what point. I don't think it. I think it was before they found the watch. Well, that's it's really interesting the way it's done. Yeah, you have that watch, and then it's the gramophone, isn't it, that's playing that you see is is sort of towards the end of the first episode. I thought that was such a good moment, and I think I remember watching this. On video, so it came in the same box set as the Sensorites. When did you watch this, Mark? We haven't heard that story yet. I think I said when I got this box set when I was sort of seventeen-ish. I'd sort of not followed Doctor Who for a bit, and I just decided to buy this box set because there were three stories that I'd never seen before, and I heard a bit about the Time Meddler, but I really didn't know much about it. And I think that was the first one that I watched. But I also have—I've just had a memory, actually. <laughs> this is a story about getting this. So I did, um, what was it? I was doing A-levels and did theatre studies A-levels, right? I think there's only two of us doing theatre studies A-levels in the whole school. So my school joined up with this other local school. So we would go over to this other school to do theatre studies and then they would come over and the school put taxis on for us to go back and forth. And anyway, this school was near a town. So if I had like a two-hour lesson in the afternoon... I would go to this other school and then I'd go into town afterwards. So I was walking back and then there was this woman who was a teaching assistant at this other school. And she was, and this has reminded me because she came up really recently on my Facebook, like people you might know. Anyway, she is the mum of this kid in my primary school, right? Who is it? (laughs) Oh, no, it's not anyone that I was like friends with or anything. It was just this kid in the school that I knew. And I knew who his mum was. She was had this job with this teaching assistant. So I, I was walking back um, and I was thinking, oh, I really want to go into town and look in HMV for like some Doctor Who stuff. <laughs> I, wanna, I, I just felt like buying a video or something. And um, I saw her and she was like, oh, hi. And I was like, oh, hi. And I, I don't really know where to talk to. I mean, I was 17. The last time I saw her, I was like in primary school. It was a bit weird. And then she's like, oh, are you going back? Are you walking back? you know, because we li- live nearby. And I was like, no, I'm going into town. I was thinking, right, I'm going to go into town and get the bus home. And then she was like, oh, but it's really quicker across the park this way. And I was like, no, I'm going to get the bus. It's fine. She's like, oh, you sh-. And like, and she was really like, come through the park with me, which I know that sounds really dodgy. <laughs> I've just made her sound really dodgy. <laughs> but I don't think it was anything like that. I don't know why, but she was really, I remember just thinking, no, I want to go and buy some Doctor Who stuff. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and she was really like oh you should come this way and I was like no and I, I remember just being like no no um so luckily that I didn't walk with her otherwise I wouldn't have got the time medal on VHS <laughs> no you wouldn't and also she's come up because then later on she 
turned out to be the new neighbor of some friends that I know. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, she's, she's moved in next door. She says she knows you. And I was thinking, she doesn't know me. Why does she keep saying she knows me all the time? So anyway, back, back to watching part one. I, yeah, I thought I was watching a historical. And when he had the gramophone and the toaster and everything, that, that moment was really like a, not a shock. It wasn't shock shock moment but it was like oh okay there's something more happening here the watch is like the most obvious thing but it was before the watch where i was like ah, oh. and i think the toaster was before that so yeah and then it's very quickly established that he's not from yeah uh that time so they land on the beach and yeah like you said it's a, a lot of sort of convincing Stephen that where they are who they are I mean, you're always going to get that with a new companion character yeah absolutely i've written here because actually the Doctor, we've said all along this whole season, the Doctor's been quite, he's quite accepting of Stephen. He's like, oh, fine, you're on board. I'm happy with that. And he wants Vicky to stay. But I've written that this could be dick move number six, actually, because they land. He's, you know, he said in the TARDIS, I want you guys around. And then as soon as they land, he's like, right, I'm climbing up here. You stay here. Don't come with me. He just is like, right, I'm off now. See you later which was a little, and he gets a bit angry about it. So it was a little bit of a dick move, number six. They they pop out every now and then. Um, yeah, but I think it's one of those, because he doesn't know him, he doesn't trust him. No, but he's leaving Vicky there as well. He's like, right, I'm going up climbing. You two, see you later. But he still, he still sees Vicky, I think, as the... So, hang, I'm sorry, we have to talk about it now. We have to just get this out of the way. Vicky... And her makeup. Where has that come from? We just, we've got to get onto it. We've just let's just get this out of the way now. I swear, Vicky did not wear that much makeup before this episode. The minute that Barbara has left, and she's a lot more mature now. And uh, well, it was episode two that she had a lot of makeup on. I don't know. Episode one, I didn't notice it as much. But yes, yeah, suddenly she ha- yeah she has got a lot of makeup on. She's got like great little like wing sixties eyeliner on, like. Where has that gone? It's almost like they've gone, right, Vicky, Barbara has left, you are the new sex symbol. Oh, but it doesn't work with Vicky as that. Vicky is still 15 or 16. <laughs> but it's it's really odd because who is filling that role? Because so many of these episodes, the stories have been having that sort of femme fatale role, you know, the, the woman who they all lust after or want... Is that Vicky now? Uh, well, no, I don't think it is. Yeah, she is very young. She's still very intelligent. Um, she's still really enjoying that adventure. She's loving telling Stephen all about everything and joking with him. In this whole story, she never felt like... I feel like she never felt like she was in any danger, particularly. I mean, even when they got captured by the Vikings, she's still shouting at them and she's not shying away from anything. It's different with Vicky, I guess. We talked about it a lot with Vicky and Susan, how different they were anyway, personality-wise. Susan always did feel like the young one, and Vicky was a lot more independent. But this one, I did not feel like she was a child. She's got a very good dynamic with Stephen already. I could have put them two as the same age, in the same way as I think of Ian and Barbara being of a similar age. But we're lost. We can't stay here all night. Shh. What's the matter? I think somebody's coming. Why are we hiding? We can ask him the way. No, because I think we should follow him until we find out whether it's safe or not. Oh. 
Supposing you do what I say for once. And also, they're both from the future. So he's a space pilot from the future, and she's from the future. They're not these Earth. They're almost equals. Yeah, she's just that little bit younger. That's all. And she needs to be that little bit younger so the Doctor can be grandfatherly to her. Otherwise, you you haven't got that dynamic. You need to, otherwise they don't really need the Doctor. But then Barbara was. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to word this nicer, but everyone's younger than the Doctor. <laughs> Barbara was younger than the Doctor, you know. It's not difficult. And he was grandfatherly in a way to her sometimes. Mm. No, yeah, I know what you mean. I did I did see them as equals. Well, they spent the whole story together. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, couldn't leave him on his own. He didn't believe half of it, so... You know, he had a bit of everything. He had a little bit of a fight in this. He did his underground climbing back and forth. He's taken that over from Ian. He's crawled through some bushes and things. He's been lost out in the forest. He's done a bit of everything. This is his little audition. There was a bit where they, when the doctor's been in that dungeon and he finds the secret way out and they're having to like go through all the things and then they crawl out, don't they? I cannot imagine the doctor crawling out there. They can't. They wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't have filmed it anyway. I can't imagine him doing that. It seemed like a very long way to crawl. <laughs> and then they get back in and it was like on the ground crawling out and then they get back in there later don't they he has not gone near that I'm so, i just i was like the doctor has not come out of there okay so moving on just we'll go back to the story a minute um so the doctor goes off on his own and he meets our saxon characters so he meets edith who is the same actress who played uh cal's wife in unearthly child so it's nice to see her back it's almost like they've gone "Mm, we need someone from the past to look a little bit gringy i know the actress for that i know she's it's a very similar kind of role isn't it speaks a little (laughs) bit more in this this is where you notice lack of barbara because he's talking to edith edith gives him a gives him the horn to drink some mead and um (laughs) and um He's trying to work out where he is and what time it is, and that, that's when you hear. That's when you have the sort of whole ten sixty six chat. But the doctor's talking to himself a lot, or sort of talking to the audience in a way which I'm not sure if we've had that very much before. And he even says, "Oh, I wish Barbara was here." Usually, he. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't have Vicky with him or someone with him. Usually, he, there's no companion there with him to say, "Where are we? What's happening?" Now, if Harold is king. And Edward was laid to rest at the beginning of the year, then it must be 1066. <laughs> it's a funny one with the Doctor quite often with these things. He's kept them to himself whenever he's worked things out. Well, all Barbara's done it. No, I just, well, no, normally whenever they've been on a, they've gone, like, it's usually been Ian or Barbara, Doctor, you've worked something out. And he's like, mm-hmm, in time, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So... No, I think you're right, actually. This is probably where he's revealed his findings out loud. There's no other way around it, because I think what probably happened is, so William Hartnell is on holiday in part two, so they've got to write the Doctor out. So I think that's why he he dicked moved on his own up the mountain, found out where they were, told the audience where they were, and now he's like, right, off to the monastery. (laughs) I think if William Hartnell wasn't on holiday, we might have had a slightly different story because he probably would have had Vicky and Stephen with him for a bit longer but I mean he's gone for episode two 
And then they don't really meet up very much until near the end of part three, I don't think. And then they don't really spend that much time. It's sort of part four that they spend a bit more time together. So it's not, it's it's the usual sort of everybody being split up, but because there's less people, that means Vicky and Stephen get to spend a lot of time walking through the forest back and forth and underground back and forth. And I think once you've already seen, you've got the intrigue of the monk and who he is, and you've got that historical stuff. But once you've gone past that, all it is is a few Vikings coming and then they've got to fight them back and that's it. It's all, there's not as much story as I thought. And it's interesting, this is quite a fan favourite. I think because of the monk character and you see a little bit of the Doctor's history or a link to his sort of Time Lord stuff that hasn't been named Time Lord stuff yet. I think that's the main reason why this is loved so much. But yeah, I, I was quite surprised how much lack of plot there was. I'm very sort of like middle of the road with this episode. It wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing. I think season two has had some really good episodes. I think that's the reason. It's been some absolute crackers in this. This was not a cracker, but it wasn't the worst by far. No, I, I actually thought you would enjoy it a bit more. And actually, I thought I would enjoy it a bit more. <laughs> um. I think you've hit the nail on the head, though, there. It's a really strong idea. You know, this going back in time, this person who tries to meddle with it to make it work to how they want, get all of that. It's such a strong concept and idea. I think 1066 is type like, you know, I'm re- I know about 1066 in terms of like a period of time. I think it's something, even if you don't know that much about it, in terms of a period, you know it's a period of significance. You know? you do- I don't think you need to know, like I think everyone's heard of 1066. So I think there's enough things there for you to know someone going to meddle with time there, ooh, that would be, you know, it is just... Once you've established that character there, the other side of it is just not back and forth. And it's just... Because the Doctor, I mean, he visits Edith back and forth. What, at least three times he goes for mead and she offers him venison and stuff. He's always popping in and back to, to Edith. Poor Edith. She's rushed off her feet. I don't even know what is a stab. Other than him learning a little bit more about 1066... And where they're at, like, and what do you know now? I don't know what benefit that has for the plot and the story. And it's, it is a lot of like Vicky and Stephen. It's them going up to the monks. I mean, they have their own story. They don't go and interact with the Vikings and all that. They, they work it all out themselves in a way. They have no interaction with them. You know, they make their way up there, find the monk, try and get the doctor out, go through that tunnel, find out the way out of the ground, go back up there. Yeah, I don't like, and the doctor just keeps going back and forth, and like you say, goes and gets some mead every now and then. It's quite a small cast, actually, for this. There's not. Yeah. I keep, I'm sorry, I keep going on about Edith. I love Edith in this. What I like to do in this podcast now is to shine a light on these smaller characters that people wouldn't remember. Edith is up there as my one of my favourites now. It's funny how much you, and you've said this, how much you recognise the story now compared to other things. And I think this is what you mean by, like, Edith. You probably didn't really 
focus much on Edith before. No, but she's great. I mean, she's as I say, she's doing all the food for everyone. She gets attacked by the Vikings, really brutally attacked by them. And then she's fine the next day. She's making sandwiches for Ian and Vicky. Um, Ian and Vicky, Stephen and Vicky. She's um, and she's helps fight off the Vikings when they're all that group of. I mean, she's the only woman, and they're all there with their spears and everything. And she's there with them, like, right, let's go, charge. She, you know, she's doing everything. I'm. I think Edith is is the best Saxon ever. Actually, that's a point. You're right. <laughs> They do interact with her because she makes her sandwiches. And at the start, when they like take them prisoner, and then she they they're convinced like, oh no, actually they're not going to try and kill us. So actually, no, you're you're right. I'd forgotten that. But. The only other character that I'd well that we noticed together was this Eldrad guy that you thought was a bit scary. So he didn't trust um, Stephen and Vicky, and he just had crazy big eyes of it. Uh, and then he got injured. Like he just had crazy big eyes and. It's the fact that it was always like dramatic music of it, like sort of thing, classic Doctor Who stuff. And he always just had this, he's sort of, because all, he just had that massive beard. So all he had to show was his eyes, his expression. So yeah, he made me laugh. I thought he was going to cause a few more problems. I, yeah. When he started to question things, I thought, oh, here we go. This is the one in the, this is the one that's going to go off and do something stupid. And he looked a bit like, did he, is it Charles Manson? Does he look a bit like Charles Manson? <laughs> they reminded me of Cal. Oh, yeah. It's sort of like Cal and Charles Manson guy. So I thought he was going to go off. But actually, his reason in the plot is to be injured so that the Saxons go up to the monastery because he got injured. And then and suddenly he's he's all right after a while. He's he's fighting at the end as well. And then you don't really see Eldred again. You've got penicillin from the boat. Yeah. So then Eldred's fine. He's off. He's off to do his to do his stuff with his crazy eyes. There's all this talk of the Viking invasion that's coming and it's going to happen. But you only get three Vikings, don't you? More are coming, apparently, though, Mark. More are coming. And you weren't impressed with the Vikings' look or their hair, particularly. No, I wasn't. One of them had a hair bobble in. Did they have hair bobbles? I don't know. Well, I think they all have sort of these braid things. and that, so I, think, I feel like someone has got a book on the Vikings and just copied the picture and been like, this is what you're going to look like. Here's your wig. I'll take a hair braid. I'm not sure how I feel about a hair bobble. They didn't make much of an impression, though, did they, apart from that? It was just, I don't know, it was just a bit weak. Well, let's talk about the monk, though, because he's a big part of it and a big part of the humour. What did you think of the character of the monk? But the monk story felt so separate to that story. It's a little bit, isn't it, a little bit like the Romans, in a way, where you've got the all roads lead to Rome sort of thing, and they're all separate, and then at the end, they all link up again. It's a little bit like that, and you can see that it's the same writer. But I think the difference is the Vikings and the Saxons were working very independently. In the Romans, you had the main characters involved in it. So if, for example, you had Vicky and Stephen working alongside them or involved in some way, I think we would have been more invested in that story of that part of it. In the Romans, like Ian was like in the arena and we had Barbara in the, you know, being chased. We had them involved in the different stories, whereas this one didn't have that. It had, we had Vicky and Stephen on their complete own adventure with the Doctor working out what the monk was about. So he was involved in the monk story. And then we just had the 
Vikings and Saxons. We had Vicky, like you said, touching in on them, but otherwise they were just doing their own thing. I suppose, though, for, for that, I did like the characters. I did not like them, and they were important to... I mean, of course they were important to the story. The story was like about them. But the stories that we've enjoyed and have like got most out of have been where the main characters have been invested and part of it. So Edith, for example, I think the reason you've enjoyed Edith is because she's had that interaction with the Doctor. None of the others, like, they didn't have time with the others. They didn't get to invest some time. In the very first season one, the reason that we enjoyed some of those, um, what's he called with the trousers? Ganitus. The reason we enjoyed Ganitus is because he was spending time with Barbara and we enjoyed their interactions, even if, or in the cavemen, you know, that was probably the cavemen's the closest I think of, other than the fact that it's the same actress. But that was very independent. You know, they very much had a story independent and we were getting to know these characters. But they still interacted. They still, like, took part and invested into their story. You know, they taught them about fire and stuff. They taught them things. I don't know. It just felt very... I think they're the ones where it works well. And for me, I kind of almost forgot about it. They just suddenly appear again and I'd be like, oh, yeah, them. Oh, yeah, there's this story going on. So how did you feel about the monk then? So the TARDIS was a complete surprise, him having his own TARDIS. That was a complete surprise. I thought that he had been sent from into the past to do something. I did not expect him to have his own TARDIS. I don't know why I expected him, but I didn't expect him to have his own TARDIS. He's quite comedy. He's not over. He's not like Nero comedy. He's along. I feel like he's towards that, along those lines a little bit. Possibly one day in the future, when you've learnt your lesson, I shall return and release you. Release me, ah me, <laughs> the old fool. <laughs> he's great. I really like the monk. He is sort of like an evil comedy. He gets his comeuppance at the end, and you all feel good about it. He's a good character. Yeah, I like the monk. Um, and I didn't see a lot of it coming. Um, I enjoyed the scroll where he had this like list that made me laugh, and then he scrolled it away. I was like, random, but okay, we'll roll with it. It's so early on in the series, though, that there's not even that much effort to. Well, there's no need to explain. Because well, they haven't bothered explaining where the doctor's from, let alone to explain a bit more about the monk. All you get is I think the doctor says something like. He's from 50 years, no, I'm from 50 years after him or something. That's what he says, which is just the weirdest ex- explanation. And the monk's got a better TARDIS. I think all it is is that middle bit is just raised up on a higher thing. It's the same set, but they've just... It's because we were watching when the TARDIS appeared and then we went next step. I was like, so are they going to like take out the parts that they need for like their TARDIS so they can go to specific places? And you went... Uh, no, I don't think they were that. I was like, so am I smarter than like the Doctor? Because like, I've taken out the parts that I needed for my TARDIS <laughs> and put it in my TARDIS, but apparently not. Like, I, It's just so early on for the series to do something like that, and it's great. That cliffhanger, imagine that cliffhanger at the time. You'd have been like, wow. I mean, I think when I watched it as well for the first time, I, I didn't see that coming at all. I was like, what? Wow, this is amazing. It's showing how the series is developing already. 
But you say that about, actually, hang on, you say that about for the time it not thinking that head. It did when it went from the Time Museum and the doctor took that machine with him. Oh, yeah. Well, the time space vigilizer, yeah, but that is to set up the chase. You never see the time space vigilizer again. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Is there not something, because this was the final episode of season two, is there not something out of a TARDIS that they would have thought, we will take something from this to set us up into season three? Oh, yeah. No, they, yeah, that's not, a, yeah, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. They had done things like that before. So, yeah. So, I yeah, I really like the monk. I think he's a great character. And I think that's why this story is liked, because it adds a bit more of the myth or the, the history of the show. Just a tiny little bit. It's your first little brick in the <laughs> in the 50 years <laughs> to come. It's not really a brick, but okay. So the Doctor, just going back to the Doctor, he's got some great moments in this. It's a really nice scene when he's talking to Edith. And... I know he's off for part two, but he he faces up. His main things for me are he faces up against the monk. They've got a good rapport and they're playing it like they're old sort of rivals possibly or something that you, they're playing it like there's something there. They know of each other. And I mean, the doctor gets a little bit of action. He whacks those Vikings over the head with a bit of wood. He does. He's a bit violent. He's just carrying on being the the lead you still feel like the doctor is the lead of the of the show and he's the you know the the hero and he knows what's going on actually that's the thing you do sort of miss him when he's away because the plot has to really just stop for all of part 2 stephen and vicky have to spend part 2 looking for the doctor going round in circles until william hartnell is available for part 3 like the plot really stops because you haven't got your lead character and i don't think that's happened before whereas you know keys and marinus it can all carry on without him it doesn't matter if he comes back or when he comes back whereas this i feel like we're getting to the point now where you actually do need the doctor especially in a story like this he's uh this is the first time where when he's gone on holiday we might have missed him we've both said that this has been a good season for the doctor Absolutely. He's had his moments of like needing a snooze and but on the whole he's been pretty good. Um and actually this shows this episode that he doesn't need those other side characters. It's like he can hold it on his own, which wasn't the case. If you look at like season 1, Doctor Who, Doctor to now you could not have had without those side characters. No, not at all. No, it's su- it's such a change. And um, I know we've already sort of talked about Stephen and Vicky. So what are your sort of hopes for Stephen and Vicky or the character or the dynamic? What are you thinking of the regular characters now going forward, if you can have a whole season of these guys? So Vicky I'm happy with. I really like Vicky. Stephen, I think I'm yet to make any judgment on in the same way that I was with Vicky. I don't know. I thought you, well, you see, I thought you'd be like Ian who (laughs) ring on Stephen. No, no, no. But it's not because, but I said to you, I genuinely don't see him as a direct comparison. Like, and I really don't, I'm not just saying that. I found him a little bit annoying in his lack of um, listening. (laughs) He is very argumentative and vocal in this. Kind of in the same way Ian was towards the end. Well, when Ian was in a bad mood. 
yeah, I think I think it'll be fine. But at the minute, he very much feels like a side character rather than not right at the end. To be fair, right at the end he didn't. But I mean, that was literally like the last like two minutes before they got the start. Right. Talking of the end, you got a bit of a shock, didn't you, when their faces came up? Oh, man, that was gross. <laughs> Instead of the credits, you, your face was like, what? Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. So Vicky is going to, I think, change greatly. I think Vicky will be very different and um, just a bit more grown up. I don't think she will be the kid. She's done her learning. She's had the adults there to learn with, and now she will step up. And we'll see that. And she's with someone who I think she'll be on a similar path with. If anything, I think she'll be teaching him. Well, the other, just the other thing I've got to say, clothes watch. They all have great capes at the beginning. Stephen has a good shave. But yeah, we'll have to see what, because there's no Ian suits anymore. We'll have to see what they, what Stephen's choice of clothing is going to be for the, as a space pilot or whatever he was. And yeah, and we didn't have a, a next episode, did we? No, we didn't have a next episode. We just had their faces. So it was uh, end of season two. It's Yeah, it's, um, it is a fan favourite. But I, yeah, I understand why maybe we haven't found that as exciting as some of the other stories. I think, like you said, we've, we've very much... It's been, it's been good, this, because obviously I'm... For me, I'm looking at this for the first time. I know what I like more now. I appreciate a good story. I don't like the Daleks. I think they're boring. I appreciate when the writers are true to the characters and don't just make choices to benefit the story. So the story is honest to the characters rather than, this seems a good idea, let's make it fit. Mark, what have you learned so far from watching it together? From two seasons in. Well, I think I've reevaluated some of the stories. I now know a lot of the names of these sort of other other characters that come up in these stories that no one really talks about. And I just know them a little bit better and I appreciate those characters. Like Edith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I would before this, I wouldn't be able to tell you any names of anyone from the Space Museum. What do you think it's as a fan? What do you think it's making you think about? I'm just gaining more knowledge than I had before, I think. Uh, and I'm able to talk about these stories in more detail because I'm watching them more in more detail and, and in, in the progression as well. It's a progression of watching it rather than just watching them out of order. I think definitely adds to it. It's, it's you know interesting because I thought you would really like this story and be like, this is going to be the best one. And then actually you're not that bothered at all, which is so, <laughs> you know... But I'm waiting for those moments because I still I still know what's coming up. So I'm waiting, you know, when Stephen comes back or appears, I'm wait. I just want to know what you think is going to happen, and I'm really looking forward to what happens in season three because I, I, you know, I do know what's coming up. Yeah, we've got the Oscars to come yet. Um, so next episode, it's our seasonal awards episode. So we will look back on season two and award our favourite moments, our favourite characters, and maybe our our least favourite moments as well. (laughs) We're the judging panel, by the way. So we'll be (laughs) 
putting our notes together. <laughs> it's a very biased panel. Um, well, just like the real Oscars, Oscars then, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram to watch who, and make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening to podcasts so you get the latest episodes. And yeah, we will see you next time for our, our Doskers award ceremony. So see you then. Bye. To watch who. Hey, Doctor Who, what are you talking about?